edition of Bobcat Radio here on the 10th of May. This is your host, Colton Gibson, and today I'm joined by my producer, Kobe Jackson, and co-host, Thana Garcia. Got some Bobcat sports and some updates on the NBA playoffs to cover this morning, but before we get started, let's throw it to Thana for a quick word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bars is the sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com, Twin Peaks, eats, drinks, scenic views. Well, we are going to go ahead and get started with Texas State softball, who wrapped up their season this past weekend with a 2-1 to game series win over James Madison. They finished their season with 33 wins and 13 wins in the conference, which is good enough for fifth in the conference going into Sunbelt play. Before we look towards the tournament that's starting this week, first want to give a shout out to the two Bobcats. They got some end of season awards, some end of season recognition being Jessica Mullins making the all Sunbelt first team and Sarah Vandifer making the all Sunbelt second team. Uh, I know Jessica Mullins, this is her third straight season. Every season she's made the um, all Sunbelt first team. So congratulations to those two. But now yes, they, they look forward to a, a tough matchup against the fourth seeded Troy which is going to be this Thursday to start off their Sunbelt Conference Tournament. Yeah, and this is going to be a big-time matchup for the Bobcats because currently Troy Trojans have finished fourth in the Sunbelt Conference and Texas State right behind them sitting fifth in the Sunbelt. And like you talked about, Jessica Mullins, absolutely outstanding this season, has twenty finished a record of 20 wins and nine losses in the season. But now all of that's kind of out the window. Now it's time to really focus on conference play and, you know, softball. I mean, their season, you, you can make an argument it was a really great season for them, but a lot of up and downs for this Bobcat softball team, especially when it came to pitching and fielding. Uh, but I mean... I mean, I was on the call from the majority of the games this past uh, this past year, and you know, obviously, softball has been really, I would say, kind of up and down. Obviously, we all remember the Bevo Classic, like they had this past season, uh, this past year, where they beat num- uh, a ranked team in uh, Texas, and then obviously being the Alabama Crimson Tide as well. So, but obviously, that's kind of all under the bridge now. Now it's time to focus on some about conference tournament now, and possibly hope they can make a run. Yeah. Um- I think the Lady Bobcats are doing really well, and I think this match against Troy is really going to... They're a good matchup because they're going to push them to like be better and push better for them to get that win. Looking at specifics for this matchup, Troy finishes with 33 wins. Uh, they are just one game ranked ahead of the Bobcats at the end of their season, but they're actually coming off of a three-game losing streak after they were swept by South Alabama in their final series. Looking at some players on the Trojans team, they have three batters that are batting above 400 this season, have had a really nice offense, and looking towards the probable starting pitcher, their ace is Leanna Johnson, who had a 195 ERA with 184 strikeouts in the 194 innings that she pitched this year. Batters only have a 2-1-3 average against her, so a tall task for the Bobcats, but you can probably expect Jessica Mullins to be giving Troy the same problems. Looking at previous matchups between Troy and Texas State, the Bobcats are actually 2-0 against the Trojans in postseason games. Their most recent game this season was a 2-2 draw on March 19th. So that's the, the extra one you see on the Bobcats record. But the Bobcats have really played well against Troy, and I mean, obviously, they're they're hoping to continue that. Yeah, absolutely. And you talked about you know four. I mean, there's f- currently four players on this Troy 
Trojan team that's currently batting over 300 as Taylor McKinney, Libby Baker, Kelly Horn, and Ansley Finch. So obviously a really strong competitive Troy Trojan softball team. But just keep in mind and note that Troy is finishing their record of 33-18-1 also. So obviously that one tie to Texas State is the tie. And then finishing 14-9-1 in conference. So obviously a really nice productive season for the Troy Trojans, but now as the Bobcats are thinking, the Trojans were probably thinking to themselves, hey, you know, we got to face these guys again. You know, we got to make sure that we stay alert and stay, you know, fresh because obviously, you know, Sarah Vandiford leading the team in home runs this past season, uh, Hannah Earls and Piper Randolph, the real true speedsters of this Bobcat softball team, and then, uh, you know, Sierra Trahan, obviously the longtime veteran on this softball team as well. So they know what's at stake. They know what the Bobcats have. It's just that the things that they need to connect on basically need to do the same thing like they did when they played Texas State earlier on in the year. But this is going to be a really fun Sunbelt uh, Sunbelt Conference matchup. We'll see if we can try to possibly pull up the bracket in just a minute. But I mean, this is gonna be a really great. This is gonna be a really good game, I think. Yeah, I think that like both teams know who they're gonna go against, and they've like gone against each other, and they know how to play. But I think they're gonna surprise us both at the end, and I'm excited to see both of them go against each other. So, like we said, that tournament starting this week, actually tomorrow, Thursday, May 11th, the Bobcats take on the number four seeded Troy Trojans. At 4 p.m., that game is in Lafayette, Louisiana. But looking over to baseball now, after this past weekend, they're also up to 33 wins, a 33-16 and record, 15-9 in the Sunbelt Conference. Good enough now for third whoop, after whoop, their whoop. series sweep of Georgia State, in which they scored seven or more runs in all three games. So the offense, which was slow at the beginning of the year, you know, Slam Marcus wasn't exactly the same thing that we saw last year but has finally started to come around and at the right time you know they're in prime position now in third place just two games behind coastal carolina and southern miss who are tied at the top they're prime position to put themselves in one of the top two seeds going into their own sunbelt conference tournament yeah and that's and unfortunately enough i was on the call i was actually in here on doing the boards for uh for friday night's game with bill Cohane and and kyle owen and I mean, this Bobcat team was just on a roll. I mean, the first, I mean, the Friday game it just started off kind of slow. The Bobcats really couldn't get anything going, but by the time you know sixth and seventh inning rolled around, Bobcats the Bobcats batting line just got hot and red hot at the right time. And I, I, I hate to beat a beat a dead horse, but that's kind of been really the ser- the story of this season all year because you know the Bobcats can be leading, uh, can be you know losing by three, losing by four, and then all of a sudden once the bats get hot, they get hot and they will stay hot until this game until the game ends. So we kind of really saw that really this past this past weekend series. Uh but specifically I want to go to uh go to Sunday's game um because I mean I was listening to it and I was actually watching it at my place uh, just to kind of see what was going on. Chase, I I don't know how many times I'm, I'm gonna have to say Chase Moore's name. I it's like a broken record because I have to say his name like every every week because he's been in a, a freshman phenomenon. I mean, he, the dude has been unbelievable. He's leading the team in home runs this season. He's I believe he's top three in batting average on this team as well. So I mean, this dude just keeps playing at an elite level. And just think, he was a high school pitch. He was a high school pitcher at one point. So you would think that if he could, you know, possibly be you know, very selective. If if he wanted to, he could do both things. He could be a pitcher and he could put he and he can, you know, swing the bat. But I think Coach Trout kind of wanna already has this pitcher set, but at the same time, you know, 
it's not not bad of a use if you go to Chase Mora at some point, but I'm pretty sure he'll be thinking about that next year when Chase Mora returns. But I mean, other than that, it was an amazing weekend series for the Bob, for the Bobcats baseball team. They're currently on sitting on a, a five game winning streak after beating Old Dominion and Incarnate Word the, uh, last week, and you know, they got a tough matchup against the Louisiana Rage Cajuns coming up. Yeah, I think one of the biggest traits of the Bobcats, Bobcats is that they like to start slow. And like, even though they start slow, they just like to build that momentum. And then once they hit that groove, they just knock everyone that's in their plate or hitting. Yeah, I want to look at a couple people that, you know, may not catch your eye at first glance on this team that have really, you know, strung together some some good appearances late in the season. Pitching-wise, I want to bring up Tony Roby and Peyton Zabel, who have been put in a lot of situations, you know, with the inconsistencies of that Sunday starter. You know, Roby, Zabel, Medrano, all these guys have been pulled in and out of this starting rotation, and they've shown up. You know, Tony Roby gives up four runs on Sunday's outing uh, over five innings, but the offense was there to support him. So as long as you are, you know, putting your offense in a position to win this game, then you're, you're doing the right thing. And then looking at the batting side of things, I want to bring up Rashawn Galloway, who's yeah. made a huge impact on this yeah. team. You know, I feel like he, he's not an everyday player, obviously, but every time he is in the lineup, his name is getting called. He had three hits again. And if you don't know who he is, look for the guy wearing the handyman gloves when he goes up to the plate. <laughs> but Rashawn Galloway has oh, been such an underrated guy on this team where he could play once one time a weekend, but he's going to give you two or three hits with a couple of RBIs. And having those guys that you can just plug in off the bench is going to be huge, you know, no matter who you play in a Sunbelt Conference tournament. Yeah, absolutely. And you make a great point because I think Coach I think Coach Stephen Child's mindset is, hey, any of you guys be ready because you don't know when your time is going to come for you to, you know, put your big boy pants on and, you know, get, you know, get a chance to possibly get a run or get a base hit or, you know, just basically start something going. And it's the same thing for the bullpen. Like you mentioned, Peyton Zabel and Nathan Madrano. Madrano, who obviously pitched an amazing game against Texas earlier on in the year. And then obviously Peyton Zabel uh, doing outstanding jobs in Austin, Texas as well. So, I mean, this this bullpen has a lot to – I do think they have a lot to improve on. But, I mean, overall, their season has been really, really good for them. I just think that they need just to kind of just tweak the runs a little bit because obviously giving up big runs is obviously a big deal and stuff. But, I mean, just the season that – the type of season that they're having so far, it's been – Really good. I just almost kind of living to what how last year's was, but just a little bit of the struggles here and there. But other than that, I mean, they're having a really nice productive season. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to jump to the future a little bit here. Um, I'm really excited about their next matchup against Luciana. And I just really believe that the momentum they have built with this sweep, they will carry it against them. And I'm excited to see a good game. So as you mentioned, they will head to Lafayette, Louisiana, the same place the softball team is going to be for their second-to-last series of the year, games being Friday at 6, Saturday at 4, and Sunday at 1 before they head back home to wrap up their season. We're going to take a quick break, but on the other side of it, we're going to do a deep dive into each round two matchup of the NBA playoffs. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9. Wednesday edition of Bobcat Radio. In the studio with me, I have my producer, Kobe Jackson, and co-host, Thana Garcia. This is your host, Colton Gibson. As I said before the break, another day means more playoff games and getting closer and closer to the conference finals in the NBA. So now we're going to take a look at each series of the NBA round two of the playoffs and just kind of 
think, uh, look at what is going on and, you know, maybe say what we think is going to happen as these series begin to wrap up. First off, we can start off with the two games that are actually going to be tonight. Whoop. Starting off with at 7.30 Eastern, the five-seeded Knicks take on the eight-seeded Heat. And the eight-seeded Heat, the fairy tale continues as they have a 3-1 <laughs> lead and really show no signs of stopping after that crazy upset of the Bucks. Well, I mean, I don't... I, Sometimes I have to really kind of question myself about fairy tales because I'm not gonna lie to you, I wasn't a big fairy tale person when I was when I was young reading fairy tale books and all that stuff. I wasn't a big fan of that, but I am a big fan of that in sports, and that's one thing I'm a big fan of because I love upsets. Upsets are like the are the best thing in the world for sports. And to think, you know, this is number five, you know number five seed taking on a number eight seed, or is New York four? I thought they they're, were. They're five. Okay, they are five. I was right. Okay, so I mean. What more can I say about the series? But at the same time, Jimmy Butler is still battling through an injury still. But, I mean, quite frankly, I don't see New York possibly coming back. I mean, yay, they got one win. But honestly, this is probably going to be another repeat of how LeBron James was all over Carmelo Anthony in the playoffs a couple of years ago. So, um, But, I mean, they're back in Miami. I mean, or actually, I believe, yeah, they're back in Miami for, for Game 5. So, actually... No, actually, they're in game. No, it's game. It's game five, but they're in New York this time. So, I mean, the Garden is going to be rocking. I think I'm going to say New York will win game five. But as far as game six goes, I think Miami will close it out in game six. But as far as tonight, Jalen Brunson, I mean, he's been doing absolutely phenomenal. He's been doing all he can do for this New York Knicks team. But to me, I think Julius Randle really needs to step up and step up big because they're not going to. I mean, New York's not going to go away quietly. And to me, if New York starts, you know, having one of those games where they can't knock down any shots, obviously New York fans are very brutal with, when it comes to their sp- fan base. And uh, they'll probably maybe boo them out of the building. And, you know, they, it happens if you're if you're New York fans. But, uh, but give me a uh, Knicks will win tonight and then Miami will win game six. Well, I like an upset from here and there, so... I'm excited to see who's going to stop the heat. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're good. (laughs) You look at, uh, you mentioned Jimmy Butler, you know, being in the midst of an injury, but he is realistically outplayed almost everybody on that Knicks roster. Julius Randle has been a totally different player than he was in the regular season. Just simply hasn't been as productive. And I think, you know, that, that proves that the Knicks just aren't really built to be a championship team yet. They have... You know, Jalen Brunson, they brought him and they have Julius Randle, but I think they're still missing that one big star. I don't think Julius Randle or Jalen Brunson are really equipped with the skills to be that number one option. Yeah, and the one thing I do want to kind of know is that, you know, just looking at the you know stat differential for the between these two teams, you know, New York is averaging ninety nine point almost a hundred points per game and Miami's almost averaging hundred and seven points per game as well. But I mean, that's kind of that's kind of tough. And then obviously you know, Jalen Brunson averaging 27 points in the playoffs. Jimmy Butler in this series is averaging, you know, 26. Obviously, the injury kind of kind of ruins the stat line a little bit. But, I mean, overall, this this is going to be a, a really interesting closeout series, especially for the next uh, couple of games. So, but, I mean, hey, anything could happen in the playoffs. We could we, – we, we have seen a 3-1 lead collapse before with, with Oklahoma City and obviously Golden State. But that's another topic for another day. But – um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. It's going to be, 
interesting than that game will be tonight. Yeah, the other game tonight is going to be at 10 p.m. Eastern. You just said the Warriors. That actually is going to be the Lakers-Warriors. Uh, uh, the 7-6 yes. matchup where the Lakers lead 3-1. to one. Looking at this series, you know, I'm really not surprised. You know, I was kind of hoping in the first round the Kings were going to take care of business. But Same here. I Deep down, as much as I don't want to see the Lakers succeed, <laughs> I knew that if the Lakers got hot, they were going to be dangerous. They... They picked it up right when they needed to at the end of the season. Started stringing wins together. Anthony Davis started playing well. LeBron started playing well. And look at them now. They are one win away from another conference final appearance and have turned a disappointing season into something magical. <laughs> I like what you did there. Disappointing season into something magical. So what is that What like a Magic Johnson reference that you just so, did? Almost. Unintentionally. <laughs> but, I mean... This um, how many times? What is this? The ninth, the tenth time that Steph Curry and and LeBron James have met in the playoffs. What is this? At like at least, at least it, feel, it feels like it, right? But every I mean, year, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, well, at least by my calculations, it is the seventh time these two have met in the playoffs, and so far, I mean, it's been LeBron James. But the main story of this series is Anthony Davis because he's not hurt. But I talked. I talked about this on Monday's BCR that you know he can be he as long as he's healthy, as long as he is scoring, he will be really, really productive for this Lakers team. And obviously, LeBron James is going to be LeBron James, the freight train that he is, driving to the hole and try to you know cry for fouls all the time. We're expecting that. But I mean, Anthony Davis has to has to bring his A game. Obviously, that game one game against the Golden State Warriors where they won one seventeen to one twelve. And then the big blowout that I didn't think that I didn't think I was expecting was one twenty seven to ninety seven in Game Three, and then uh, in Monday night's game uh, one hundred four to one hundred one. That was first of all that was an unbelievable game, and I got a big I got to shout out my man Lonnie Walker. That dude has been absolutely phenomenal, and I hate the fact that you know it's about time they're showing his true talent because obviously when he was a San Antonio Spur, he did. Almost any and everything for the the Spurs team, alongside with you know Dejounte Murray, Derek White, and that that team, Martin DeRozan as well. So, but I think the message to them was like, "Hey guys, y'all got to be ready, and you got and just be ready for the moment." And he was ready. I mean, he scored 17 points overall in the game. All of it came in the fourth quarter. So, but I mean, he just got red hot and he stayed hot. So honestly, he stepped up in a big way. You can even hear LeBron James and Anthony Davis tell him, like, you literally won us the game. Like, you you did it for us. And, you know, that's great leadership. And obviously, you know, those guys have been in the league for quite a while. Lonnie Walker's still kind of the young puppy of, of this Laker team. So, but I mean, this game, it's going back to Golden State. And as we know, or San Francisco, I should say. And as we know, Golden State Warrior fans are always loud. They're always, you know, just making noise anytime they have a, either a big lead or or trying to get their team back in the ball game. So uh, this is gonna be this is gonna be fun. But honestly, if you're the Warriors, you're expecting probably Clay Thompson and Steph Curry to really carry carry the work. If you're the Warriors. So now we're gonna go ahead and look towards tomorrow's matchups. Starting off with the first game, which is going to be between the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers. 76ers currently with a 3-2 lead over the Celtics heading into game six. When I look at this series, I think prior to the season, I think, you know, way back uh, doing Bobcat Radio, but when the NBA season started, 
my pick to win everything was the Boston Celtics, and now they are you know kind of against the ropes and having to to figure out how to contain this team. The issue is the 76ers just have so many weapons, so many people that can do so many things. You have the MVP who's playing like the MVP. You Woo-hoo. have James Harden who is playing as close to what he did when he was leading the Rockets since he was there. And then you have Tyrese Maxey who's coming in and putting 30 points on the board too. So mm-hmm. whenever you have three guys that can put up 30 points on the board, to find you know a defensive equation that can can solve that and can contain that is so difficult. Mm-hmm. The Celtics have plenty of guys that can score the ball, but those guys have not been scoring the ball. They have no inside presence. Jason Tatum has pretty much had to put this team on his back and like it, it like hasn't worked before. so far like he's done before i mean we've seen jason tatum have those nights where he just he's just untouchable and so far we really haven't really been seeing that out of him but i mean just going back to talking about the philadelphia 76ers i mean joel just go, let me just go on go off of last night's game Philadelphia was on a roll. They they were literally just on a roll. James Harden was playing like the old James Harden, like we were accustomed to seeing. Joel Embiid playing like the MVP he is. I mean, James Harden, 17 points. Joel Embiid, 33 points. And then, like you said, Tyrese Maxey coming up big with 30 of his own. And then Tobias Harris with 16 points. So a lot of play, good players in double figures last night. But obviously, you know, if you're Boston, you're probably just telling yourself, like, what just happened? Like that was literally just like a flat, like a flash in the pan. Like, like what just happened? So, but just this series alone, I mean, it's three to two. Philadelphia is leading. They're going back to Philadelphia, which is another fan base that's also loud and can be obnoxious sometimes. We kind of learned that from the Phillies Astros series, but we can get into that another day. But, uh, but I mean, if Embiid and James Harden keep playing like they are, these two, I mean. Just think, we were talking about how them two were probably not going to work out because of the style of play that they have between the two. And now look at the look at them now. They're about to possibly make the Eastern Conference Finals now. I mean, if you would have told me that, I probably would have been like shaking my head at you, like uh, that's not going to work. No, but I mean, look at them now. They're like one game away from the Eastern Conference Finals, and they'll be heading back to Philadelphia for Game Six. So I mean, this is going this is really going to be fun but at the same time Boston really needs to step up step up in their scoring and possibly a little bit defensively as well in order for them to possibly get a win and survive and to wrap it up with our final series going to look towards Denver and Phoenix Denver with a 3-2 lead after last night's win looking at these two teams uh, in the past you know Nikola Jokic has kind of fell under the criticism that many stars do you know winning back-to-back MVPs but both seasons, the Nuggets really didn't show up in the playoffs. This season, missed out on the three-peat of the MVPs, but the Nuggets have have been showing up against a tough matchup. I think this is the series everybody wanted to see. You know, Jokic doing everything that he normally does, and the Suns, after they you know went and picked up Kevin Durant at the trade deadline, it's it's been lots of stars, you know, back and forth in this matchup, and Denver currently with the advantage. Yeah, absolutely. And the one thing I do want to note is that I I don't know why I have a feeling, but I think the Suns are like a snake bitten franchise because anytime, you know, because I was actually kind of talking to a couple of friends of mine uh, a few days ago and we were just talking about the Suns and we remembered, you know, that team with Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, Sean Marion, uh, you know, uh, was it Josh? I'm, you know, I believe it was Josh Hill that was on that team as well. I mean, 
that was a very collective group that they had, and they were always in the playoffs. They even gave the San Antonio Spurs a lot of trouble in the playoffs uh, in those in the time years. But I mean, we were just talking about them and how you know they've gotten to the playoffs. You know, couldn't do anything. We all know that the story of the bubble where they went eight and zero in the bubble. And, you know, they made it to the finals the next year and then unfortunately didn't win it. And then, you know, made to the final and then made it to the playoffs uh, last year. They didn't make it either. So and everybody was thinking that Kevin Durant was going to be the answer for this Phoenix Sun teams. He hasn't. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's put up the points, but he hasn't really been putting up the big time games that we're accustomed to seeing dropping 40, dropping 50 like he did a couple of years ago. We're just not seeing that yet. But I think time will come. But at the same time. The Nuggets team is really, truly showing you why they're the number one team in the West currently. Five players in double figures. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. with 19, Aaron Gordon with 10, Nikola Jokic with 29, and then uh, Jamal Murray with 19, and then Bruce Brown with 25. I mean, that's a really nice, productive productive game if you're the Denver Nuggets uh, starters, quote-unquote, and then obviously a little bit of the bench points as well. So a really nice, productive game for the Denver Nuggets, but now they got to head back to Phoenix to possibly close it out and it's going to be hard because Phoenix wants to win but if you're the Phoenix Suns you're obviously kind of looking to Kevin Durant and Devin Booker to kind of step up in the big role in the big shoes and possibly tie the series up so that is all for NBA playoffs the conference finals about to start up after these series wrap up so lots of exciting stuff happening we are going to step back from the NBA and look over to the NFL. Whoop, whoop. The NFL schedule will be announced tomorrow, I believe. Yes, sir. It will check be. that. Yes, tomorrow. Uh, they actually announced a few games this morning, so we are getting closer and closer to the NFL season. You know, we just had the draft. Lots of teams seeing who their rookie stars are going to be going to next year. I just want to go over some of the games that were announced. The holiday games that were announced. The first ever Black Friday game going to be taking place. <laughs> Wait, uh, really? Yes, uh, Friday November 24th, the Miami Dolphins take on the New York Jets. The Christmas Day game is the Eagles and the Giants. On New Year's (laughs) Eve, we see a familiar matchup between the Bengals and the Chiefs. And then the international games, there are three games in London, those being the Jaguars-Falcons, the Bills-Jaguars, the Ravens-Titans, and then the two games in Germany being Kansas City and miami followed by Indianapolis and New England. So just a few games announced wow. so far. Okay. You know, you could talk about the schedule. You could talk about, you know, who your team took in the draft. But the season's getting closer. What are you excited to see? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, this is why I like the NFL. What was that, that Bengals-Chiefs game? When was that one again? That's going to be on New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. Oh, man. Dang, just to think, got that game, and then you got whatever bowl games are going to happen in college football that day too. I mean, you know I mean, you, if you want to just literally just sit in front of your, t- you know, your TV and just you know go off on New Year's Eve, do I mean that's what I would probably do. But just I mean, these games here, just from the way they they are and the way the sound this season, I think is going to be a lot of fun. I mean, we clearly saw that last year. Obviously, you know, Kansas City going back. To the Super Bowl, winning against the Philadelphia Eagles, which I know broke a lot of Philly fans' heart. And honestly, this is going to be a fun NFL season because of all the, the the moves that were made. Finally, Aaron Rodgers finally being uh, being in a new team with the Jets, obviously, and then the Packers. You know, putting their faith in Jordan Love this season. So, I mean, we are in for a wild ride. And honestly, 
I, I mean, I don't want to talk about my Steelers too much, but, you know, you know, we have an amazing chance to possibly even make the playoffs at least, give Joe Burrow something to think about also. But, I mean, we're looking forward to an amazing season, and I know, Thena, you are a, a Steelers fan as well. So Yes, I am. So, obviously, this is going to be a, a fun series. I know, Colton, you kind of have something to say about that because you're a Bills fan in here. <laughs> so, uh, I kind of want to kind of hear both of y'all's uh, predictions. Um. I'm really excited for the Steelers season. I feel like last season they like they spent a lot of time building their team. Yeah. I mean, they got Kenny Pickett. I'm a fan of Kenny Pickett. So am I. Personally. Um, I'm really excited to see him like this season and play. And I know they got in the draft. They got a new line. line uh, offensive line. Yeah. Yeah. They got someone. I know they're really good. And I'm excited to see them go against the Raiders because, you know, rivals. <laughs> I'm really excited for that. And I'm excited uh, to see the Chiefs against the Bengals because I feel like it will be a good rematch, especially what happened last season. Yeah, you talked about the Bills. Uh, made some some pretty good moves. Biggest move of the offseason, I think, was bringing Jordan Poyer back. Yep. Um, going to help them face off against Aaron Rodgers, who they're going to see two times this year. But I think Aaron Rodgers being a Jet now, you know, it, it puts the Bills to have to face more during the regular season to prepare them for those bigger teams towards the end of the season and in the playoffs. Uh, so I think, you know, there's plenty to look forward to, and we are getting closer and closer to that NFL season, which is going to bring a lot of excitement. But before we get out of here, we are going to send it to Kobe for a little bit of a weather update. And it's a it's a wet one. It's currently 72 degrees outside. It's supposed to be a high of 82. It was a low of 65 this morning. Got thirty percent, got fifty percent chance of rain. Obviously, there was a lot of rain yesterday, and then tomorrow's forecast Thursday. It's going to be a high of eighty-seven and a low of sixty-eight, with also fifty percent chance of rain. So we're expecting expect to see a lot of rain later on this week. But I mean, we're inching closer to summer, and obviously, everybody's going to you know be out in the sun and possibly be at Soul Park and you know do relaxing time. Yeah. So stay dry as you finish up your finals or head home for the summer vacation. That is all of our time for today, so make sure to keep up with everything Texas State and San Marcos related by following us at KTSW Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. For Thana Garcia and Kobe Jackson, I'm Colton Gibson. Thank you for listening to this Wednesday's edition of Bobcat Radio. We hope you have a great rest of your day, but for now, let's get you back to the other side of radio.